0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. How many of you brought your Bible tonight? Well, let's just take a look at Colossians, the first chapter. I'm going to pick up right away, right where we left off. Amen? Hallelujah. Colossians, the first chapter, 21st verse. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Uh, I'm not going to take the time to read uh, Romans, the first chapter, again, but that's what I want to bring out, is how we read in the first chapter of Romans, how man was in the sight of God. I mean, how bad man was. I I don't think we could really understand (laughs) who we are now, unless we really got a good picture. I remember my wife brought a table home to be restored, you could say. And when the, she first brought that thing over to the house and just said, I just looked at that, you know. Some of these things you've got to walk by faith. <laughs> I mean, you know, you've you got to see the end result. Why well, I look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen were really subject to change. But the things that are not seen, those things are, are eternal. So, uh, well, once it got finished... I appreciated it a whole lot more than when I first saw it. It had all this paint on it and so on and so forth. It just it needed to be refinished, redone. But when it was done, boy, it was just back restored to its, you know, original finish. And it looked beautiful. I mean, just really beautiful. Well, if you could imagine, and I don't think we've ever seen exactly, if we saw what we were and really had, a, had some insight just to what we were in the sight of God, I think it would make us appreciate Jesus a whole lot more. I mean, that was very descriptive over there in Romans, the first and second chapter, just how bad man was. And, you know, man was so bad that God didn't even want to... Actually, he was one the to wipe wiped him off the face of the earth. Thank God for Noah. But he did. And then you remember the time Moses, you know, he wanted to wipe him off the face of the earth. He said, I'm just going to get rid of all these, and I'll I'm, I'm make a nation out of you, Moses. At least you want to listen to me. These other people, they don't want to listen to me. But Moses said, now listen, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, don't you forget. Don't forget your covenant you got with them. So praise God for these people that stood the gap for humanity. Amen. Well, Romans, the first chapter, showed us how how ugly we were. (laughs) You know, how bad off we were. But now over here in Colossians, let's pick it up and read verse 21. We'll see just exactly who we were again. And you that were sometime alienated, and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now you reconciled. Well, we were alienated from God. Enemies in your mind by wicked works. Now go back to the book of Ephesians, and let's pick it up on this second chapter again. And verse 12. We've kind of covered the first part of it, and uh, we'll pick it up at verse 12, and just read verse 12 just for now. We'll, we'll finish, we'll continue on a little bit, in a little bit later. Now that, at that time, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. In other words, we were in a desperate situation. Humanity wasn't in, in, in a bad way. Bad off because of judgment. So bad that we were enemies of God, had no room for God in our lives and our hearts. I mean, if you could just say the worst thing that lived upon the worst thing that you could imagine is being hooked up with the devil against your Father God. Now, I want you to see this because in establishing our relationship with the Father, I want you to see just how much and know just how much He loved you. I, I believe if we could, I firmly believe in my heart that if we could really understand what it meant for Jesus to come and die, then the rest of it would be easy. If we really saw the depths of the sacrifice made for you and me and what it meant for the Father God. Now, the Lord led me back to this passage of Scripture. Hold your place there in uh, Ephesians because we're going to get back to it and we're going to refer to it. But go back to Luke's Gospel, the 14th chapter. I read this over and the Lord gave it to me in a new light. We could call it the law of double reference. Man was alienated, separated, strangers from God, but the Lord declared, I am going to build my house. Remember now, remember all the things we talked about in the past. God had built the universe and all that in them is for the man because he loved us. He wanted to be a father. Okay, Adam aborted, so to speak. No Adam, he died. Miscarriage. All that was created was turned over to the hand of the enemy. But now the father still had this desire. Even though man was that far off, he says, I still want my house built. I still want my family I want my family. Because he's a father. And we're going to see him next as a father after we get done with this judgment, mercy, and faith. Because he is a father to us. And we're going to see what it took to build that house. In the 14th chapter here of Luke's Gospel, 28 verse, For which of you, intending to build a tower, sit it not down first, and count it the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Less happily, after he hath laid upon... I'm, I'm, as I read this, I want you to outline some things. Uh, First of all, underline count at the cost. Verse 29. Less happily after he had laid, underline the word foundation. And is not able to finish it, and all that behold it began to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sit not down and consulted whether he be able with ten thousand to meet him that cometh against him with twenty thousand, or else... While the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassad, underline that, that's ambassador. And desired conditions of peace, underline peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all, that he hath cannot be my disciple. Now I know that he's talking about us forsaking all and giving all to Jesus and coming to him. But I want you to look on it. The Spirit of God spoke to me just so clearly and said... If I told you to do that, would I do, tell you to do something I wouldn't do? Well, I said, no, I'm sure you wouldn't do that. The, he, and so he sort of related to me like this. He said, I, began to, I wanted to build my house. I wanted to build my house. Remember over there in Matthew 16:18, he says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm going to be doing the building. Now, the father wanted a family, and that's all there is to it. He was going to have his family. Okay, so he begins to build a house. First, he said, I had to sit down and count the cost. Now, what was the cost of the house he was going to build? Jesus. Jesus was the cost. It was a big price to pay, but he was willing to do it. He sat down and counted the cost. I'm sure they discussed it. I mean, you know, you can think of what you want to think, but you go all the way back to the beginning. Whenever they knew they was going to have to do it, somehow, somewhere, they knew Jesus was going to have to give up his life. I'm sure they discussed it. And they sat down and counted the cost and said, it's, they're worthy. We read that scripture over there in Matthew, talk about the pearl of great price, and we talk about that as being Jesus. I don't know, I kind of think it's the church. He sold all that he had to buy back that pearl of great price. That's us. If you think about it. And so he was willing to sell all that he had. See, he sold all that he had to buy it back. And he did that. He gave all that he had. What did he have to give? His life. All right, we say Jesus, but we neglect to realize that it's Jehovah. Jesus was Jehovah in the flesh. Isn't that right? Okay, so he gave his life. He gave all that he had, his life, to buy us back. Now, he's beginning to build his house. First of all, scarcely for a righteous man. You know, for a sinner, nobody would die. For a righteous man, maybe someone might dare to die, but, you know, hardly for a good man. But for... You and the way we were, according to Romans, according to Ephesians, according to Colossians, the way you and I were in the sight of God. Oh, dear Lord. will anybody die for that? But Jesus said, greater love is no man than this, that I would lay down my life for my friends. So he says, I'm willing to do it. I'm going to count the cost. I count the cost and I'm going to do it. And I have enough to finish it. Because he's God. Amen. He's the author and the finisher. He's going to perfect this thing. He's going to work it out once and for all. So he begins to build He lays a foundation. He's got to lay a foundation down. Isn't that right? He's going to lay down a foundation. He's going to build upon this house. He's going to call for peace. Even though He sees us afar off, He's going to call for conditions of peace. And He's going to establish His house, and you and I are going to be of that household. Now, let's go back to the book of Ephesians and see how it's laid out for us. Hold your place in Ephesians, the second chapter. I want to show you that even in Abraham... In his day, he also realized and knew that he was looking for something more than what he had. As a matter of fact, go to Hebrews 11 11 chapter while you're holding that. God's going to build his house. You need to know this if you're going to establish your relationship with God the Father. We need to know these things that gird up our faith. Things that are going to be there to be solid foundations in our life that make us strong in what we believe. People start off and walking by faith, and all they get is two scriptures, Mark 11, 23, Mark 11, 24. There's nothing to undergird that, see? And they begin to fall. They just think it's a formula. They get the formula, but they miss out on the principle. Let's read this over here. Hold your place in Ephesians 11:10. Well, you remember, well, go up to verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Now, look, in, look at this next verse. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is who? See, he's going to build a house. Way back then, he's building a house. You know, he went a construction business. Or should I say the reconstruction business? Reconstruction. Hallelujah. So he is, he's, he's got a plan here. I want you to see this. He's got a plan. He doesn't have to do it for you or me because we're the ugliest things on the earth. But blessed be God, he saw all through that ugliness. Amen? And saw the end result. That's faith. Amen? Boy, he, yeah, you know, we sing that song. Uh, we're going to have to change some words in some of those songs. <laughs> we sing some of these songs like uh, Amazing Grace that saved a wretch like me. I'm a son. I'm not a wretch. Are you? Are you a wretch? I'm a son. I mean, I was one, but now I'm a son. Amen? Praise God. That's who we are, sons of God. Hallelujah that He saved a son like me. Amen? We'll have to change some of these words as we go along. I don't think the writers are mine. They're not around. Go back to the book of Ephesians. (laughs) Glory to God. So God's building a house, or rebuilding a house. He already finished the work in the beginning, but he had to go back to work because of Adam. So now he's beginning to build. He's going to build a house. I want you to see something. Go to verse 12 again. At that time you were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now, but now, in Christ Jesus you who sometimes were far off. Now remember, we were far off. Are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. Now remember, we were in Satan's kingdom. We were alienated from God. He began to build his house. He sent an ambassador. That ambassador was the Lord Jesus Christ. He called for peace between man and man. And God. Remember that. He filled the gap. He knew down here upon this earth that there was no way that man could possibly have that gap bridged between man and God except somebody like him were to sacrifice his life. So he is our ambassador that filled the gap, stood the gap between God and man and called for peace, realizing that it's no way, it it cannot be done we with our ten thousand have no way to fight against God. How can we fight against God and win? So he began to lay down foundations. Jesus, being the ambassador, declaring peace. Now remember what it said back there. Count the cost. Lay the foundation. See, while you see your enemy afar off. Call for conditions of peace before you get destroyed. Amen. Let's go on and read this. Look what happened. We were far off, but were made nigh by the blood of Christ, for He is our what? Being justified by faith, you have what? You have what? You have peace with God. Who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition. He's even breaking down walls to build his house. He had to do that. He had to break down that middle wall of partition to rebuild and reconstruct his house. Because, you see, man and and God could not unite themselves together in one household. We're talking about families, friends. We're not talking about two different things. We're talking about one family, the family of God. We belong to the family of God. For this cause, Paul said, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and in earth. God's family is in heaven and we're His family on earth. Same family. Amen. So He broke down the middle wall of partition that separated us. And having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in Himself of twain one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you that were what? afar off. And to them that were nigh. That's the Jews. For through him, now look at verse 18. For through him we have access. Both have access by one spirit to who? To the Father. Now, he broke down the middle wall of partition. He took the ordinances that were against us in his own own self. He put them away. He laid the foundation by the life that he lived and called for peace between God and man. That's what Jesus had to do. We were enemies. We were at war with God. Let's put it that way. We were at war with God, and we needed conditions of peace. Uh, Let's read the next verse. Now, therefore, you're no more what? Okay, you're not a stranger and you're not a foreigner, but what? Fellow citizens with the saints of the what? Of the household of God and are built upon the what? He laid the foundation, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a what? A house of God, a habitation of God through the Spirit. What happened with this ugly man? What happened with this fellow that was alienated from God, an enemy of God, at war with God? Law over there says we're enemies, alienated from God, strangers, foreigners. We're in another country. we were in another kingdom. but he says, I'm going to begin to build my house. He sent the ambassador, he laid the foundation. he broke down the middle wall of partition. There was only one way that could be done, friends, and this is it. God, who is rich in his mercy, for his great love where he loved us, allowed his son Jesus to become all that Adam was. Now, you ready? Jesus became a stranger, a foreigner, an enemy, at war, sin, sickness, disease, poverty, all that Romans says. Everything that's in the... Jesus became everything that Adam brought in. Took it upon himself. That was the cost, the price that had to be paid to lay this foundation so that God could build his new house, the new creation. But he was willing to pay it. Jesus was willing to do it. Now, that's why it says, For greater love hath no man than this, because Jesus was willing to lay down his life for his friends. And God in His mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us even when we were dead in sin and trespasses. He quickened us together with Christ. God the Father was willing to do this to send the Son in order so that we can be redeemed. That's a lot more mercy than He ever showed Nineveh. Can you see what we were to God? Can you see how we were alienated from God? Can you see what we actually look like to our Father God? Actually, then we had no... Matter of fact, he didn't even consider us our, himself our father. He considered us children of the devil. Jesus said, you're of your father the devil. That's who we were. But he was willing. He was willing to lay the foundation, to build the household of God. And you and I, friends, are in the household of God now. Let's go back to the Scripture in Colossians. You're over there in Ephesians. Just go over to Colossians again. Let's, let's, let's gather this together like he said we saw that he would. Go up back to verse 18. and Chapter 1, verse 18. And he is the head of the body of the church. See, he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence for it. pleased the Father, that in him all should all foolish dwell. And having made what? He made peace. He declared peace. How? Through the blood of his cross. By him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven and you that were alienated. Sometimes in it, and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you. You're not a worm in the dust. You're no longer what Romans said you were. You're no longer a stranger. You're no longer a foreigner. You're no longer at war with God. But he says, and you, he has made us holy, unblameable, unreprovable, In his sight, if now, notice the if. If we continue in what? He's a God of judgment, He's a God of mercy, He's a God of faith. Now, you know, I don't have to go through the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe we know what Jesus had to go through. I believe you know His sufferings in Him. I believe you know of His entering into the holies of holies with His own blood. Man's high treason was so far-reaching that it reached the very throne of God. What kind of creation were we? Well, if you want to know, you were one made just a little bit lower than Elohim. That was in the first creation. But when God built His house upon the new creation, you were made equal with God. What did they say about Jesus? You call us yourself the Son of God, making yourself equal with God. Well, the Word of God tells us that we are joint heirs with the Son. Equal heirs with the Son, Jesus Christ. In the new birth, He has raised us up and made us to sit together with Him in heavenly places through this great love and mercy. Why? So that in this time that we live in, He could show the exceeding riches in His grace and His kindness towards us. Exceeding. 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 For by grace are you saved. Through what? It requires faith. Now, all that God did in building his house, all that, all that it took for him to get man to a place where he was reconciled through the blood of Jesus Christ, is to no avail if man does not have faith. And that's why it says, For by grace are you saved through. In other words, all that he did for me would, would be to no avail if I didn't have faith to get saved. That's right, it would be to no avail. Beloved, I can't stress to you enough the importance of faith in pleasing God. He's, a, he's a, a God of faith. If you'll just begin to realize that it was the avenue of faith that got you back to one with God, then it's by faith that we receive everything else from God. If you'll just understand and realize that if it was faith that God us saved and brought us back into the family, then it's going to be faith that's going to get us everything that belongs to us in the family because we, d- we were truly raised up to sit together with Him, but because our minds unrenewed and because our flesh we're still living in this body, we're not really literally... I'll say we're not... We haven't, it hasn't been manifested yet that we are altogether one in Him as it will be when we have glor- a glorified body. So consequently... All that he has done for us has to come by the avenue of faith. So even though he has done this, you could still go out there and die and not make heaven your home if you want to. It's only by faith. And that's why faith is so important in pleasing our Heavenly Father God. Now let's go back to the sixth chapter of the book of Luke. And let's look at some things here that Jesus said that I I believe you'll be enlightened with. There are conditions that have to be met if we are going to cash in on the mercy of God, on the love of God, on the prosperity of God. And these things have got to be in our lives. And working in our lives, and we've got to be doing these things in our lives if we're going to benefit. Our faith will only work when we are doing the Word of God. Let's look at verse 36. Be therefore merciful, as your Father is also is merciful. Now, to obtain mercy, just because you've been saved by grace, doesn't mean you're going to obtain that mercy. We're told to obtain mercy, we have to be what? Merciful. If we're going to obtain mercy, number one, we've got to be merciful. Then we've got to come to the boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain that mercy. There's two reasons why people do not make, obtain this mercy. Number one, they do not show mercy, or should I say, they do not sow mercy in their lives. And number two, they don't sow mercy, or they don't plant it in their lives. He said here, be merciful. Be therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Number two, you've got to come boldly to the throne of grace, boldly, to obtain mercy, not as a worm in the dust. I believe because we've never seen who we are in the light of the new creation and never understood who we are in Jesus Christ as a new creation in Christ Jesus. We've never saw with our spiritual eyes what place we have in the throne room of God i said at the beginning the high priest went into that throne of God one time a year and he better do it right or it meant one year they were out he better do it right and he could only stay in long enough to get what had to be done over with but jesus our lord high priest is in that throne room of God at his right hand for eternity therefore you and me to make intercession Well, until he leaves it to come back. But he's there so long as the church is here upon this earth to make intercession for you and for me, to plead your case to the Father God. Now, the high priest could do that only once a year. Jesus can do it every minute of every day in your individual life. So you ought to walk boldly into the throne room. Can you imagine that? They fell over dead if they walked into that room. And you ought to walk boldly to that throne and obtain mercy. i come for mercy on what authority do you come? The blood of Jesus. He's sitting right there at your right hand. And Jesus pleads your case. Yeah, He's a God of judgment. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of faith. But can you see without your faith, you just you just walk up there like some people do, just, just get down there, just begin to cry and plead and, you know, not knowing who they are in Christ. Now, He built this house. It's called the household of faith also, isn't it? Okay, it works by faith. Look at the next verse. Judge not, and ye shall what? Now, if you're going to operate in this household of faith, in the household that he built, you're going to have to abide by the rules. You know why? You're not glorified yet. He have not put on a new body yet. No, you won't be judged because you've been judged in Jesus. You'll be judged of the deeds of the flesh. But if you walk and, and don't judge anybody else, then you won't be judged. If you judge yourself, you won't be judged. So he said, judge not and you shall not be judged. Now notice this next part. Condemn not. Remember Jonah? He condemned. He had them judged and condemned already. He wanted them to, to die. Okay? Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. I can't tell you and express to you how important this is. People want mercy from God, but they are not showing mercy. People don't want to be judged when they stand before the judgment seat, but they are judging with their tongue. And we're going to see something here as we go on. People want forgiveness, but they want to know why they're held in an area of condemnation, because they're not forgiving. They don't have a forgiving heart. Next part doesn't stop there. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For what, what, the same measure you, that you meet with all shall be measured unto you again. Go on down. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they both fall into the ditch? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Either how canst thou say to thy brother, brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, where thou thyself... "...knowest or beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, cast out the first beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. For a good tree... Now here's what I want to get to. "...for every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil." For out of, out of the abundance of the heart, he is speaketh. speaking. Now, there are two houses. There's a house of good, and there's a house of evil. You and I both came from the house of evil. But we entered in to the household of faith. Entering in through the door, through the sacrifice that was made for you and me. Entered in through the blood of Jesus. We've been made by the blood. We have come unto him. We've made peace with God. We've made our peace with God. We have peace with God. Now, the operation of the household is by faith. You've got to understand how faith works. He said over here that, let's go back to verse 44. Every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs. People are trying to gather good things from bad ways. Or let's put it this way. They're trying to gather the tree of the knowledge of good when they keep going to the tree of the knowledge of evil. They're trying to get fruit from the good side. They're trying to get their healing. They're trying to get their prosperity. They're trying to grab a hold of the good things, but yet they're still speaking the things of the bad side. They've not learned how to operate and function in the household of faith. He says, man, you can't do that. You can't act this way. In other words, you can't judge and expect not to be judged. You can't condemn and expect not to be condemned. You cannot forgive and expect to be forgiven. You're operating out of two t- trees, if you want to say. You're operating out of two kingdoms or you're operating out of two houses. Most Christians, it's sad to say, have come to the household of faith. They've been born again, but because they don't understand how faith works, they don't understand that, that the kingdom that they're in, they keep walking in the kingdom of, let's say, the household of darkness... And they're trying to grab a hold and reach out to get those good things out of the kingdom of God, the household of faith. Well, why can't they do that? Why aren't they learning how to grab a hold of the good things? Why aren't they grabbing the, uh, the things that they want? Well, let's go on and read and see what he said. And why call ye me Lord, verse 46, Lord, and do not the things which I, what? Okay. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which, what? Okay, now. Now we go back to our principle. Have you counted the cost in building your house in the kingdom of God? It means sell all. Count the cost. If you're going to live for Jesus, he says, if you're not going to sell all, you're not worthy of me. If you are not willing to do all of what I said to do, you're not worthy of me. Why callest thou me, Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? I'm telling you, you've got two kingdoms, you've got two households, that's what he's saying. You're trying to grab a hold of healing, and you're operating under the principles of darkness. And you can't do that. That's like going to a thorn bush and trying to get figs off of it. There's no figs on a thorn bush. In order to get figs, you've got to go to the fig tree. And as you see what he's saying, he is relating to you the heart of man. You were accustomed to believing things and speaking things forth from the one household, let's say the household of darkness. So consequently, you have now come over into the kingdom or the household of faith, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God... And now you want to learn how to begin to operate in this kingdom and appropriate everything that's yours in your new household or in your new kingdom. Now, he says, you have got to turn yourself away from the principles over here that the kingdom you left, and you've got to come to the principles that I've laid down in my word about faith. Now, he's saying here, my sayings, look what he says. You're going to have to dig deep This man built the house, he digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. Upon this rock I will build my church. He's talking about doing my word or doing the sayings, doing what he said to do. Judge not that you be not judged. Condemn not that you be not condemned. It doesn't work any other way. Now, if you're going to build and lay your foundation, you are going to first of all have to dig deep into the Word of God to lay this foundation. People are trying to operate in the household of faith in the kingdom of God, and they do not understand or know all the fundamental principles with, where which the, the, this house of faith is, is based on. They're trying to build the house upon only, uh, let's say, formulas. And not really the deep principles of God's word. And so they have no foundation under them. And they just come and when they come there's no depth in their life. And they just try to operate in faith and before you know it they just tumble and fall. But he said you're going to have to come. You're going to have to dig deep. You're going to have to understand how this was, foundation was laid. You're going to have to know how to lay this foundation in your life. You're going to have to do the sayings of Jesus, act upon his word, do what he said to do. And you're going to have the purpose in your heart to give up all to do it. I mean this right now. You have got to give up all to do it. Because there's going to be family to stand in your way. There's going to be friends that stand in your way. There's going to be Christians to stand in your way. There's going to be demons that stand in your way. There's going to be everybody to stand in your way. And you're, it's just going to be left up to you if you want to do this. Well, what is this foundation? What does he mean, doing my word? Well, it starts right here. If you're not born again, you need to be born again. You need to know how faith works. You've got to do what he said to do. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Come unto me, forsake all. Come unto me. Is he saying forsake my life? Yes, he is. Repent, turn around, and go the other way, and give all, give up everything, and come to me. He wants your life. Now, if you're not willing to do that, you're not going to understand how to how to walk in faith. Well, he al- already said you're not worthy of me. He built the house. He's the maker. He's the builder. God is. He's telling you how to operate in it. How do I get saved? Here's your principle. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. You've got to know what Jesus did for you. You've got to know who you are. You've got to realize you're a sinner. You're alienated from God. You're an enemy of God. If you're not born again, this is who you are. You're a child. Let's go all the way. You're a child of the devil. You are Satan's kid. Illegitimate, but you're Satan's kid. If you want in this kingdom, there's only one way in that kingdom. And that's faith. Faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. What do I do to get saved? What must I do? Believe in thine heart and confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. For if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, thou shalt be saved. What brought to you salvation? Doing what he said to do in his word. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Now when you obeyed that principle, when you obeyed that law of faith, what happened to you? You got born again. You establish a relationship with God. Now you're in the household of faith. Everything in the household of faith operates on the same principle. The same principle. The principles of faith. You use that principle of faith to get in the kingdom, you're going to use the principle of faith to get everything out of that's in that kingdom to work in your life because you are not glorified yet. And that's why you need to understand this to see how faith works. Let's finish reading this. Verse 48, He's like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid a foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon the house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. It was founded the house. This is the house now. Yeah, we're all in the household of God. But now I am establishing my walk with Him. I have got to build my house upon the rock of doing the Word of God. If I will do what Jesus said, he went on to say. Look at here. And could not shake it. Verse 48. Could not shake it. It didn't say didn't shake it. What does it say? Say it with me. Could not. Could not. Get this into your heart right now. If you will establish your life, the principles of God's Word in your life, lay the foundation in your life, Any storm that comes your way, any winds of adversity, any trials, any temptations that come your way, cannot, I said cannot, cause your house to fall. They cannot cause your house to fall if you built your house on the foundation of doing the Word of God. What does that say? That says to me this. If I have built my house and I say that I built it upon a rock and I say I'm doing all that there is to do but yet I fall, then evidently there's something that I missed in my life. Evidently there's somewhere where I've missed it somewhere along the road. I didn't operate in faith or I didn't operate in mercy or I didn't operate in love or I didn't operate in what he said to do. Maybe I'm judging somebody. But if I have truly built my life, my house upon the Word of God and did the sayings of Jesus, then I would not fall. My house would not fall It cannot fall. It will not fall. It's impossible. Let's put it that way. It's impossible for it to fall, for you to fail. That's impossible. But he that heareth my sayings and doeth them not. Let's look at verse 49. It's like a man that without a foundation, without a foundation. You have no foundation. A house cannot stand without a foundation. Built a house upon the earth or the world system. Against which the stream bit vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Now I have built my house upon the rock. He established the foundation. He laid the foundation. He said, if you will do my word, be doers of the word, then all the waves of adversity, all the demons of hell, all the sickness and disease, all the calamity that could come your way cannot move your house. Your house cannot fall. But if we do not do the sayings of Jesus, and beloved, that entails a whole lot. Then he said, you have built your house upon the world system. I don't want to give you a percentage of the people that have built, the Christians, that have built their house upon the world system and their houses are falling and they don't know what to do. When the world system falls and fails, then they fall and they fail with the world system. But if You build your house upon the foundation that he laid out for you. I don't care what the world system does. I don't care how high the prices go up on anything. You are not living on that system. You are living under God's system. And if you build your house upon that system, you cannot fall or fail. Now, God went into the housing business. He says, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build a household of faith. Here's your choice. You could operate in the household of faith if you want to. Or you can operate in the world system. Without faith, though, you cannot please God. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith. You cannot appropriate anything that He's done for you without this faith. Now, if you had faith to get saved and you received that great mercy that God sh- and the great love that God showed us through Jesus Christ, you received a recreated human spirit, all that God could possibly do to give you through Jesus Christ by faith, then that faith that you have will put you over in every area of your life. But yet the believer has been afraid to stand upon the rock to stand upon doing what Jesus said to do in his word and consequently their houses are falling down. All around them. I mean divorces. I mean sickness and disease and dying. I mean poverty. I mean all that you could imagine. You think he built a house to watch it crumble? You think he went through all that trouble to go into the reconstruction business and just so he can have his second creation crumble and fall? It's a disgrace to the Almighty God to have the church defeated when he said the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. The body that I build, the house that I build, the gates of hell just won't prevail against it. It's a shame that revelation knowledge has not gone forth throughout our churches and our assemblies so that people have learned how to stand on the Word of God and operate in the faith of God and live by the faith of the Son of God when that faith is so precious to us that it got us into the kingdom, how much more will that faith be used in your life and my life to give us the victory? This is the victory that overcometh the world system, even our faith. It's the faith. It's the faith. Now we've come to a very important part. Judgment was important. Yes, you need to know that. Mercy is very important. But let me remind you again. Without faith, you cannot appropriate anything that God has done for you. You can't get healing. You can't get salvation, first of all. You can't get healing. You cannot appropriate it. Faith is what takes the unrealities of hope, the hope of eternal life, and it brings it from heaven into your spirit when you release that faith it comes into your spirit and without the faith and it doesn't matter what god did for you you cannot obtain it but most christians they have that's all they did they received salvation and they did not dig deep enough into the word of god to understand and find out how they can get more than just salvation Beloved, it's not a matter of God giving you something. God gave you all there is to give. It's already been given. Everything has been given. Salvation, healing, preservation, soundness of mind, wholeness, name it, prosperity. It's all been given. All you've got to do is get a hold of the line of faith. And you put your faith to work out there in that world and it'll come back to you. Just as you said it. Now. You said to the mountain of adversity in your life, Spiritual death be removed from my life. I opened the door of my heart, and I don't doubt the fact that Jesus came into my heart. I am born again. Okay, you desired eternal life. What things soever you desired when you pray, just believe you receive it. How many believe you received Jesus when you asked him to come in your heart? Amen. Did you believe you received Him? Have you ever denied it since? Have you believed you received Jesus? How many of you have denied it since? Now, I'm serious. If you have, lift up your hand. That's astounding. That's astounding. There's not a person in this room that, believe, that does not, you know, they, they did not say after they got saved that Jesus was no longer in their heart. No matter what you've done, You're walking by faith. You believe He's there the moment you ask Him to come in. Now, isn't it something that Jesus said that the kingdom of God is based upon this principle of faith that if you were to ask anything the same way, anything else, and believe you receive in your heart, you shall have. People cannot ask Him for a healing in their body and and wait for its manifestation without saying 10 times or 20 times within sometimes in the period of five hours after they pray that I guess I didn't get it. Why? People can't believe that God supplied their need if they asked them for $50. If they didn't get it in a period of a couple hours, they go off saying, I can't pay my bills. Because they do not understand the principles of faith and how it works. And I'll say something. That's why I think he said the righteous are scarcely saved. The only thing that you're really, people have settled in their hearts, and I'm talking about Christian bodies as a whole. Was the fact that when they asked Jesus to come into their heart, he did. You ask him anything else? What they believe? Remember, Jesus says, As thou hast believed, so be it unto you. If thou canst believe, all things are possible who not believeth. You ask him what they believe. They can't believe for five minutes for a healing. If it doesn't happen instantly, they don't believe it. If their dollar doesn't come uh, by way of an angel five minutes after they pray, they can't believe it. You know what that's called? Not doing the same to Jesus. Jesus said, if you ask, you shall receive. Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Did he say that? This is how the household of faith operates. There are principles behind it. If you want mercy, show mercy. If you want love, show love. If you don't want to be judged, don't judge. If you don't want to be condemned, don't condemn. If you have a need in your life, come boldly to the throne of grace, and you'll, you'll find that mercy. You'll find grace to help. Mercy and grace in a time of need. These are principles. We've got to have more than just a faith formula. We've got to have a foundation under us. And we're going to see this now. I want you to begin to see who you were and who you are now. I want you to begin to see right now you have access. That scripture in Ephesians told us, I believe the 18th verse... We have access unto the Father. Access to walk to the Father by the Spirit. His very presence. Now I want you to begin to see Him as Father. You know what that'll do to your faith? Boy, that'll give your faith a boost in the arm. I mean, it'll give you a shot in the arm, but it'll just lift you up out of your seat. Now here you are. Judged in Satan. But praise God if you're born again, you're judged in Jesus and declared righteous. Shown mercy because God's great mercy and His love for you. You're in the household of faith. You come to Him. You're not a stranger anymore. You're not a foreigner anymore. You are a fellow citizen in the, with the saints in the household of God, and you have access to the throne of God by the Spirit. That's where you're at right now. You are holy. You are holy. You're not going to be holy. You are holy. You are unblameable. You are unreprovable in the sight of our Heavenly Father. Right now. We're going to see how faith works. But I want to show you something while we see it. You base everything you ask the Father on this fact. He recreated you. The miscarriage from the beginning is all wiped out and forgotten. You are His little bundle of joy. The house has been recreated and rebuilt. And He loves you. You're holy. Well, God's holy. He doesn't give birth to something that's unholy. You're in His kingdom. Your house is built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ and the apostles. You're in the household of faith. He loves you. He is your Father right now. Now, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Him that asketh receive, it. him that seeketh it, find, it. him that knocketh shall be opened unto him. For man is among you, if, if your child should ask of you something, will he not give it? How much more? Are you ready for all this now? you ready to shout now? How much more, being reconciled by his blood... Shall he not deliver you and save you and preserve you? How much more should we reign in life by Christ Jesus now that we are heirs together with him? How much more, under this new covenant, does the glory of this covenant exceed the glory of the other? That glory is in us. How much more shall your heavenly Father give you good things if you ask him? You're not asking God anymore. You have walked into his presence. Through the spirit, beyond the veil, walked up to his bosom, cried out all before and said, Daddy, I need fifty dollars. The father said to you, Son, just believe you receive it and you shall have it. But in the meantime, don't judge, don't condemn, and show mercy. If somebody else needs money, you give it to them. Can you see how the principles work? You're in the household of faith. Now, will you do the sayings of Jesus? I'm, I mean, it's the easiest thing to do. But be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. Notice James tied that right on in there. But be ye doers of the word, but not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. What's so hard about doing what he said to do? I find it the easiest thing to do. It's the easiest thing for me to do, just to say, let God be the one. If, he's gonna, if anybody's going to fail, let it be him. Because he can't fail. It's so easy just to walk off and say, Now, well, Father, you said just to believe that I receive, and I have. So I believe I receive. I believe I receive." I believe our seed. I believe our seed. I believe our seed. I believe our seed. Now, if that doesn't work, then there's something wrong with him. If you're doing all there is to do. He's your father now. He showed mercy on you. He loves you. You're that newborn child. I can just see. You know why they rejoice in heaven when someone comes home? There's another birth. Don't you rejoice when there's another birth in your household? There's another birth. That child has access to the Father God. Everything the Father has. You are a child of God. You are in the kingdom of God. You're in the family of God. You are His kin. Sons and daughters. And right now, He is showing the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness towards you, exceeding all that's ever been done before. How? Ephesians 3 14 through 20. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in your inner man. That Christ dwelling in your heart by faith, Christ dwelling in your heart, may be rooted and ground in love, You, root and ground in love, may comprehend with all the saints what is the length and the breadth and the depth and the height, and to know the endless boundaries of his love for you. You don't know God loves you. You don't know the depths of God's love for you. You can sit there and love your child so much and do everything that little baby needs, you will give it at the drop of a hat. And I mean you just do it just like that. And then you do super abundantly above all that child even asked you for. But he said, take no thought for your life. What you need in this life? Just seek me and my righteousness, and all these things I'll give you. I'll add them unto your life. You're not a stranger, you're not a foreigner, you're not somebody across the sea. You are in my family, he said. To know the endless boundaries of his love for you. Now, unto him that is able to do, what? Say that word with me again. Show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that's at work within you. The resurrection power that's working in you. All that resurrection power is this, knowing how much the Father loves you. Knowing how much the Father loves you. If you knew how much He loved you, if you had faith in His love for you, There'd be no question as to whatever any of your needs be in met. Because you would do his sayings, and Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do my sayings. You'll do what he said to do. You'll build your, your house upon this foundation that I will do what he said to do. And I'm going to do the words of Jesus. I'm going to do the sayings of Jesus. And I know that my Father loves me so much, and I am, I am his son, that he'll do all that he said to do and above all that I asked him to do. Now, I want you to see this. We're going to talk about him now as your father. You saw him as judgment. You saw his mercy. I'll tell you what. Don't stop on his mercy. Meditate, meditate on the fact of who you were and the mercy he did show you and who you are. And when you get a hold of that love that was displayed in that act of mercy, now being reconciled by his blood, who spirit is not only his only son, how much more shall he freely give you and me all things that we ask him because we are in his family? I want you to see that now. I've never asked for anything from my heavenly father that I did not expect to give because I knew he's my father. Christians have never seen him as father. They've seen him as God and judge, but they've never seen him as father if you're going to walk in faith and by faith and have faith principles work in your life, you have to see him as your father. That's why you cannot come unless you come as a child. How does a, how does a child come? You think he was just talking about just because a little one? No. As a child going to a father. Come that way. As a child going to a father. Faith is out of the picture. It's knowing that my father loves me and when I say father heal my body the answer is yes father he's your father now I want you to grab a hold of that we'll stop right there he's your father you're not a stranger or a foreigner he's your father the house is built he built the house he laid the foundation you're in the household You live on the principles of the foundation, doing the Word, the sayings. You come boldly to Him, knowing that He is your Father and you have access to the throne. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life, but if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me,